0: To another guest star edition of At the Buzzer, your Ralphie Report podcast for all of you who are calling out a buff. Well, maybe not all of you call out a buffalo. News information needs. There's someone on this podcast that actually handles a lot of those for us as well. Um, it's not our main co-host Sam. Say hello.
1: Oh hi, hi, hi.
0: It's not me, um, Jack. I just got. Uh, I am. I've been sidelined this summer. It's actually our. Third and final and best um, guest Chase Hal is back. Chase, how yep. are you?
2: It's this voice. You probably could have just left it at guest. You didn't need to add that other word. But.
1: Well, you just passed Sabatino Chen as our most prolific. That's right. Guest. So I, this is our uh, third time. I don't time agree on the with show. that at
2: all. I don't agree with that. Look, we uh, no, no, no. Well, it's a fact.
1: He's I, been uh, on twice. Uh, you've
2: been on three. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, so number of appearances. And it's not our means choice. number.
0: Yeah, it's not our choice. It's the court order that stopped us from having Sabatino Chin
2: on three times. I'll, I'll take it. Most reoccurring. <laughs>
0: it's that damn judge. Anyways, um, Chase is back now, uh, of course, with Sports Illustrated. Uh, Buffs Country, I believe, is the name right. of the website, um, and he has been very busy this week because CU has been very busy this week, which has been a nice little um. Interstitial from this very, very long, very, very dry offseason.
2: Yeah, there was not a lot to talk about for a very, very long time—just uh, Rona situations and practicing and all of that. So it was nice to finally get some news this past week, and some big-time news if you're a hoops fan. Um, yes,
1: football I'm excited. got
2: three commits, which is big too. But I—I I don't know. I think I was a little bit more jacked up about the basketball.
0: Yeah, quarantine. Tad once again. He uh, he proves that the less that everyone sees each other, the more that his um his, his style works out. Man, turns out when you're honest with kids, they like that. It's so strange.
2: He's a great Zoom recru- recruiter. Maybe one of the best <laughs> Zoom recruiters in the nation.
0: Um, you know, before we get into all that, I have a bone to pick, and I'm going to pick it right here. Um, I asked you for chipping sandwich advice, and I never got sandwich advice. I keep on thinking about that whenever. Thank you. Down.
2: I, 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 I heard a couple times, and then I don't remember exactly what happened. I guess I just forgot about it. Um, yeah, we need to get you. Uh, have you gotten a wedge? Is I've never I, owned a chip
0: uh, sand wedge in my life.
2: Okay. Yeah, I I can give you some some names. Just text okay. Me.
0: There are angles. I didn't know this. There are things I need to consider. Um,
2: I need a cheat code one
0: that just lets me get down the green. So
2: Anthony Kaz he plays golf, doesn't he? Works golf channel. He should. Be. He does. All oh, right.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Shout out to Anthony Kazmirzak. Or
2: wow, look at us. We're so friendly. Wow. He, he does some good work. I noticed he writes some of your uh, news articles. For yes. Sure. Yeah, well, to, uh, we
1: just got we just got yelled at uh, by SB Nation because we weren't writing enough articles.
0: Uh, now, Sam says we. It's, it's to protect someone, and that someone is me. And also, frankly, to protect <laughs> Sam because he doesn't put me on a co-author for the podcast. Anyways.
1: Yes, I do. Well,
0: so, <laughs> long story short, we actually knew this week. Sam's and, uh, podcast. You didn't know that? Uh, I keep calling him his co-host to make sure that he doesn't feel too comfortable.
2: How I don't great. want him to take over. The um, TVA podcast—that's what you're listening to.
1: No one would listen to that. It'd be worse than the uh, another podcast named after some writer.
0: Yeah, I've been—I've been told that my dry, grating, um, dweeby voice is what is what the glue that holds us
1: together. Anyway, let's get back on topic, maybe. <laughs>
0: okay uh yeah so there was a really cool thing where Tad Boyle just got a top 50 recruit out of uh not colorado which has never really happened so that's cool chase i would love to hear your insight because that's way that's what i got
2: <laughs> well yeah it felt kind of out of nowhere um he he announced that he was making a, his decision i didn't really know where cu had stood there weren't it's not like there's a bunch of crystal balls it seems like whenever you have a football uh recruit that's about to make a decision all those crystal balls go out and pretty much everybody already knows where he's going to commit I don't think it was that same situation with Quincy Allen which made a lot more fun um he announced and I I I was a little bit surprised I had to write a quick article but of course I had to fire off a few tweets I remember Jack uh he he saw a couple of my pre-article tweets and uh and that's how you found out right uh yeah, I just saw someone
0: said uh, big news for Colorado and I and or CU basketball. I, I believe that was you, and I'm like, okay, well, this is interesting. I figured I, it was another levering bump, or I figured it was Neil McKinley <laughs> announcing officially he's coming back, but nope. I tweeted Tad M F Boyle. I, I believe that's his middle name. Uh yeah, which obviously stands for Master F Recruiter. Yeah, uh, that's what that stands for. <laughs> um yeah and i also i knew he'd visited and i knew that was i thought i mean this is my naivete i knew kim english is from the dmv area so i thought that was a Kim English connection he worked on he brought him in anthony coleman nurtured it i did not expect after two coaching changes that that would continue to work but that just shows that tad is very involved
2: right yeah i think you nailed it all right there on the head that's pretty much what i had to say i'm actually interviewing quincy tomorrow um which means i'll be able to find out a lot more he's a tough guy to get a hold of um, you don't I, think
1: you don't think Rick Ray just walked in and immediately <laughs> got it, that going
2: it Um I, No, I don't think that's how recruiting <laughs> works. But
1: no, I think you Jack's, don't. That's Jack, how it works at Louisville.
2: Yeah, um, you can just—it's—it's it's a little bit easier there. It's just a one transaction type of thing, and then <laughs> you don't really have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, Jack's right because Anthony Coleman was actually his lead recruiter. Oh, um, interesting. Coleman was the one that took a couple trips out to DC um, and actually watched them play live. So I, I was a little bit skeptical on whether he was going to choose CU, but obviously Tad took the reins once uh, Coleman left, and and I think him taking the visit is the big reason why he was able to commit here because he didn't he wasn't able to take another um, official visit. I know he took a couple other visits to some different schools, um, but CU was his only official visit. And when you're in this little corona Um, recruiting world that we live in visits are very very important so I think CU had a little bit of an advantage getting him in here Um, actually in February right right before the whole corona thing started so I think that that was the key and then obviously Tad was able to close the deal Um, maybe he really liked Rick Ray I'm sure he talked to him right before um, he did pull the trigger they've been doing a lot of zoom meetings with Rick Ray involved I've heard that from a few basketball recruits so um, yeah, I, I'm going to find out a lot more tomorrow, but I think those are some big reasons why he did commit.
0: Yeah, I uh, it's I mean, like I said, I can't remember the last time that – I guess David Harrison is probably the last recruit that CU's had at this high profile, um, I guess is a good way to put it, that's outside of the state of Colorado. Obviously, right, Johnson Josh Bilks. Scott was
2: really highly rated, but he didn't have the hype around him um, yeah, also out of in the country.
1: Mm-hmm. I was I was trying to find the the highest rated recruits that CU's had. It's not a very easy thing to look up. Josh Scott was a like was in the 50s, and mm-hmm. Quincy Allen was 48th on the 247 Sports. Not that that matters at all. I'm just saying that the number of the recruiting rankings Quincy right. Allen might be the highest since like Johnsey Phillips.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. So 48, 52. But if you look at the rating number. Um, and this is where recruiting gets all confusing. Oh, that's but right. Since the rating number, Josh Scott is like a few hun- thousandths, maybe? Hundreds? <laughs> I don't know how decimals work, but um, a few thousandths ahead of what Quincy Allen is. So he would actually be higher if he was in like this 2021 class, for example.
0: Yeah, the The interesting thing there, too, is I, I mean, obviously, if, if anyone came in and had a Josh Scott level impact on a program, that would be a super win um, regardless I saw that he was rated for drafting already, I guess, by a, a 247 scout. I think Jerry Meyer oh, yeah. was a scout. And uh, that's something I don't think that Josh Scott ever had to deal with. So I'm, I'm interested to see if he does stick around till at least upperclassmen like Tyler Bay style. I don't know. Um, and I This is part of the reason why I also don't – it was hard for me to find clips of how he plays. Um, you had a great breakdown on your site with – oh, geez. Let's see. First name, Adam, right? Yeah,
2: give it a go. Second
0: name, Chalifu.
2: Chalifu, Chalifu. Chalifu yeah, yep. I believe that's it. I mean, he might get mad at me if, if I told you the wrong one. <laughs> well, uh, we just gave him a publicity. Yeah, he's a, he's a great uh, basketball mind. He, I think he did a really good job with that.
0: Uh, I think it was a really cool read because it's it's really hard to find substantive clips of Quincy Allen play. Um, you know, lost and Lovering, the other commit is nice because he has all those huddle tapes, but Quincy Allen – I think it was big enough, early enough, where he just <laughs> relied on YouTube, which is fine. But those are pretty short, and uh, it's hard to get a really feel. And it's and uh, you're, I think, your side did a good job of actually breaking down what he looks like as a player.
2: Yeah, really smooth shooter. Um, that that's where I think all these scouts really like. That's why they're giving him first round grades. You have a six seven guy that's just a really smooth shooter and, and can become elite shooting the basketball, which really isn't the typical wing that tad recruits i i mean maybe with the exception of deshaun schwartz none of them really came came in as like prolific scores um that could become elite scores down the road uh which is going to be key when you talk about whether he's going to leave early for the draft or not he's going to have to be a really good shooter in order to do that and so i don't know about whether he can be a one-and-done player just because he would have to average something around 20 points a game because he doesn't have incredible athleticism I i think uh defensively he has some stuff to work on there too so I, if he's going to leave early it would have to be because he's scoring the basketball and scoring the basketball at a prolific rate
0: it's, Do I don't lose? know uh we did hold on he's coming back in it's fine this is a me and you conversation right now anyways um well so I guess I I don't know if you've ever seen Tad I don't think I can recall another player like this necessarily that Tad is recruited except for you could argue Treshawn Fletcher I think Mm -hmm. it's maybe a similar profile but uh usually the longer lankier guys on the wing uh Tad focuses on the defense first on that side I think Deshaun Schwartz is offensively polished but I think he's also pretty grounded as a player like in terms of can't jump very far and uh makes you know maximizes his skill rather than athleticism I don't think Quincy Allen is necessarily going to jump out of the gym but I don't think that's a negative for him based off of what I saw at least um, and I think that that is interesting because it, it allows him, like you said, to, he can be a super, if, if he can shoot well, it's, it's interesting. I, it'll be interesting to see if Tad actually gets like a super polished athletic scorer from the wings. I don't, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Maybe XJ, I don't know.
2: Right. He always looks at kind of more potential defensively. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of one other than, than Deshaun. I, I mean? think there's, oh, go ahead.
1: I I think that the recruiting thing is I think CU has grown as like a recruiting entity and now he's able to get wings that he couldn't really get in the past. And so this means you don't have to look at someone who's a raw prospect. You can just go find someone who's already really good.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think Tad Boyle's name has definitely grown in terms of like prominence um, over the last year or two um especially with all the success they they had like this past year um but it doesn't seem like his name had that type of uh bravado across the nation in years past
0: i think he always yeah. was was had some cachet with guards just because of his track record there but i think that's starting to expand a little bit and, and we're seeing the fruits of that labor into other Positions or areas of the country because I, I think guards recognized, and Josh Fortune said this all the time, and that worked out great for everyone, right? Yeah, he basically said, like, the reason he transferred from the Big East to see you is because Tab Boyle gets guards to the NBA. We've I heard mean, some other people mentioned that McKinley right mentioned that, and I think that's starting to move into like he just gets people into the or players into the NBA. So, um, hopefully, I, I Quincy Allen sticks around because I, I'm really excited to see an offense-first wing um, from Ted Boyle. I, it's it's been a while.
2: It will be interesting. This team is going to be really good in a couple of years. Holy cow! Yeah, he, the way he's built this thing, I think, is perfect.
1: I'm excited because like we haven't really had someone who can just go get a bucket like that. Like the Deshaun Schwartz was supposed to be that, but we don't have someone who has such a smooth pull-up jumper like that.
0: Well, you and say he's supposed just, to be, but like the Dayton game showed that he can be that, I think. And I no, mean, I know, I know. Yeah.
1: I'm saying consistently. like right. That is exactly. this guy's game, is that he's just going to go get a bucket. And he's also, I from what I saw what I was reading, I was reading Adam Munster-Tiger talk about him too, that he has a really high feel for the game and that he's filling out and going to be a pretty good defender. And I assume that with Ted Boyle drilling him, he should grow uh, into being a two-way for sure
2: yeah I think he has the tools to be a very good defender and clearly Tad Tad saw that as well or he wouldn't have been recruiting him heavily but um, just from what I've read from some scouts obviously there's no film there's no way to evaluate a player's defense um, unless you're watching him in live so I trust um, the people that had seen him live and some of them just said he has room to grow there um, which is why I kind of put him as as a guy that's not going to be great defensively right away yeah 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 that's fine
0: yeah, I think the rarefied area you said is right, Sam, because it, it, the nice thing about CU now recruiting is you don't have to take guys that have an obvious minus um, to get the, the traits that you want, which I think CU had to do for a long time, which is fine. You know, like Tyler Bay couldn't it didn't have a false offensive game, but he developed that when he came here. McKinley Wright was a little short. You know, all, all the, like, the little knocks that allowed CU to get these really good players, I think you don't necessarily have to recruit with those knocks in mind anymore. And I think Quincy Allen is a really good example of that. I think Lawson Lovering is another really good example of that, even though that was a, I mean, that was a pure tad find and win because he was a nobody three-star from Wyoming when, when he committed to CU. Um, but he's grown into, uh, I think, it, and Chase, you obviously know more about his game than I do, but it looks like he's grown into a full like center prospect that can move, can defend, can pass the ball at 7-2, which I don't know if CU's ever had
2: yeah this is a guy yeah this is a guy that we probably haven't seen before he's going to be like a he's kind of like a stretch five because he can shoot the ball pretty well um for his size i I, it'll be interesting to see how he plays him but yeah his his dad keeps saying that he's up to seven foot two now he can't oh stop god. oh my god uh he, he's up to like last I heard he was two twenty but I think he's been growing since then so he can't stop putting on weight. you might get to Colorado at like two thirty two forty. Oh, uh, it's a pretty good size 7 footer. Is this Christoph Porzingis? <laughs> Maybe with a little less athleticism, but I think he has like that type of passing ability and shooting ability and and obviously some of that size. What about Jazz legend Mehmet Okur, Sam, huh? Oh, yes. No, that's right up my alley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I, I, I love the clips of Lovering, just to switch gears, I guess, to him. I love the, the clips where he's just playing guys obviously shorter than him, and he just turns around and fires that quick pass um, to mm-hmm. the other side of the key. Because it's really easy for me to imagine, I guess, it's, if, if we flash forward to 2021, uh, presuming there's a 2020 season, which might be a tough presumption, you're going to have, I think, redshirt senior Evan Batty still there, I believe. Yeah. Um And I I can imagine Lawson Lovering just turning, like, literally handing the ball downward to Evan Batty on the other side of the key. Uh, Both good passers. Boy, that's fun. That's fun for me to think
2: about. Yeah. To to Quincy Allen cutting. Yeah. And uh,
0: I guess Keyshawn Barthelemy point guard? You know, we don't know.
2: Neat Neat Clifford at the two. I, I would guess that that'd be your five right there.
0: Yeah. Well, the, so this is the interesting thing in twenty twenty one class. Quincy Allen and Lawson Lovering is just the start, at, and that's be a good class to end on. You know, right now it's sixth in the country. I think is that right? Right uh, on two four seven sports, at least.
2: Well, unless um, nobody else has jumped them, I haven't checked it. Yeah. Sentences.
0: Well, yeah. and you know, there's obviously going to be the, the bigger schools that wait for the five stars to announce, and um, they'll jump up. But that's still a great spot for CU to be in. Um, and I think they have three scholarships left. I, if I make at the dry at horns three. out. And yeah, two
2: more. I, I think um, is it. I think it's at least three. I think it can
0: open up to four. Well, it, so it's McKinley, Deshaun, Evan, Be- or not? Sorry, McKinley, Deshaun, Alexander, Strading, Drya, Horn are the four I know, right? Right. I believe, and then Jacob, Jacob Dombek, I believe he, Is, is, is that, has that already been filled?
2: Dombek's gone. Oh, actually,
0: I have the. Right, hold on,
2: I have this poster.
0: Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, the, the point is that there's a lot of room for this class to grow around. Two really good uh, – if you have a scoring wing and a two-way center, that's
2: Daniels, amazing. Schwartz. Yeah. Mad- Maddox Daniels, Deshaun Schwartz. Maddox Daniels, that's right. Yeah, McKinley Wright, uh, Jariah Horn. I don't I think straighting is a lot. Is that – or is he not a and then Yeah, and then I think Dallas Walton is the one kind of in question because he'll have to get a sixth year That's right. medical redshirt.
0: So there's a lot of room. I mean, see, so you could present potentially if they recruit at this level, a little below, just get all like all four stars, high three stars, to replace. That's a lot of production and a, like historical production, but still um, replacing that with higher talent than what came in. Then that's what you want.
2: Right, and when you bring in five guys in a recruiting class, and and they might use one of those spots for a transfer. Um, they seem to like to get onto the transfer market a little bit. But if they do bring five guys in in that recruiting class it'll stay top 10 top 15 because that's a lot of guys which obviously helps out your ranking so um i i kind of expect it to be a a top 20 class when it's all said and done
0: before we move on to football recruiting um who is the one guy you want to add to this hoops class i have a list i have i have a few names and yeah, easy,
2: I, I have both one both. really big name, um, but I do have a few other names. The one big one is Angelo Breezy. I think he fits in so perfect. Is it spelled like the
0: name, but like the wind, Breezy?
2: With these two guys, uh, B-R-I-Z-Z-I. Oh, that's oh, I love this guy's name, though, Angelo Breezy. That's so good. And he is an unbelievable point guard. I think he's one of the best point guards in this recruiting class. Um, and he, He's also likely to be a four-year guy. Uh, he's from the DMV area can do it all, can shoot the ball, can pass the ball, obviously can take it to the rack, plays a really good defense, hard nosed defense. Um, he, if you go on YouTube and type in his name, there's like 12 minute long highlight videos. And, and I've watched all of them. Yep. Um, he recently put Colorado in his top seven. He's considering some pretty big time schools, Villanova, Michigan. Uh, oh my.
0: Yeah. It looks like Zona.
2: Yeah. Arizona's in there. Um, but he prioritizes academics you can tell with like all the schools in his list. And, he actually wants to major in something environmental, which is kind oh, of like okay. where CU
1: comes into older I was gonna say that if he goes somewhere like near, like communications, or anything, he should go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and there's some really good academic schools. On. Cal, I know, is on there. It looks Michigan. like Dartmouth is on his final seven. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not. Ivy, just for fun, so you can tell that he's really into um, academics, which means he's likely going to be a four-year guy. But environmental, I mean. Well, where yeah, else yeah. do you want to major in something environmental?
0: <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, that I mean, we need a point guard obviously in this class. Um, McKinley Wright is departing, but Bartholomew's in the wings. It might be hard. You can't really promise. I, you can kind of promise immediate playing time, but it's hard to promise immediate starting playing time. I think, uh, but you know sad is apparently taking the lid off of the cu basketball recruiting so i don't know what what the upper limit is um he might be in play
2: yeah breezy i think is more of a true true point guard than probably clifford and bartholomew but all of those guys are kind of combo guards you can kind of you could also play all those guys at the two so i think having all three of them um would be a perfect set of of guards on your team
0: what a good transition to my guy that i would like to add sam you can Think about a Research while you look. While I talk. Mostly. Um, the uh, so I think that we're gonna get the token, and this is very mean, but the token Colorado player in this class is gonna go to Jalen Weaver. I think that Tad wants to get a Colorado kid every year. Um, I think it's just something he thinks about, and Weaver looks to be the best one.
1: I think I think Lawson Levering should count. Cheyenne is basically. I was gonna say
2: the closest big time school from him. The closest I guess Power Five school yeah. to him. Which is helped college. us out
0: um i i think the guy i really want to see the most join um and this is a pure tag guy is a combo guard by the name of tamar bates um chase if you've if you've looked at him at all but i know there was some light interest before into to from tamar bates and he was he's an img guy by way of kansas um so because of that he he runs at the aau team that Torrey Miller was on and Dom Collier was on. So there's a pretty long tag connection to that. Maybe Jariah Horn. Isn't he from that area too? Uh, I don't know what Jariah Horn. Uh, I know he went to Nebraska, but that was also, he went to Tulane after that.
2: I think, I think or, he went to high school in the Kansas City area. I wouldn't know what, what team he yeah. was like.
0: And I mean, Tad loves to get guys, I think, from that from that Midwestern part of the country um, he is a long point guard, combo guard that runs point, so that's Tad's up, up Tad's alley. He is left-handed, so it's even more Tad's guy. Um, there you go. And he is—he's athletic. He gets to the rack. His shot, in my opinion, is ugly, but it works. And um, I, I think if CU you can grab him. He's—I uh, mean, Kansas has the offer, and I feel like a guy from Kansas getting an offer from University of is going to. All right probably go there but you know if they fill up or if they decide to go somewhere else um i think it's see you in a bunch of regional programs you know oklahoma's offered missouri um st louis osu creighton. yeah creighton and those are all really good teams Wichita to State. those yeah. types of schools. Yeah. yep yeah. and i think those are winnable battles if you put a lot of effort into it but that's also really good um competition so i i think he'd be a nice add you add Quincy Allen on the wing. Tamar Bates, he's a classic combo guard lefty. I think he drives a lot. Um, you know, best case is he's a really good defender. Um, he can get to the rack at will, and you see a little very mini Spencer Dinwiddie or maybe a little Derek White in him. Um, but that would be who I'd want to add.
2: I, I like that pick a lot. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be hard, though. It's so hard to beat out Kansas from, with kids in the Kansas City area. You can basically – I already call that a loss, but with him not even committed to it yet, that class could fill up with Kansas, and then he could be out of a spot. You, you really never know.
0: Yeah, and he's IMG Academy. Brett Maxey was just there. There's a CU connection.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you might know the basketball coach. Uh,
1: all right, Sam. Do you have anyone? I don't know who any recruits are. Interesting. I okay. don't follow. I don't follow players until they're. Oh. No, I don't follow players until they're in college.
0: Okay. Well, that's probably smart because, I mean, the, the recruiting is a good way to get yourself disappointed, but it's also less fun. Right. Yeah,
1: I don't want to follow uh, Cliff Alexander going to Kansas or Billy <laughs> Preston also going to Kansas.
0: <laughs> or my boy Thomas Robinson.
1: Just kidding. Yeah, 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 Let's No, hear, I love Thomas uh, Robinson. I'm a Blazers there. fan, so I have a soft spot for Thomas Robinson.
0: What a guy. Man, he was great. Ugh. Uh, back when I thought see, he was going to hire Danny Manning, he was the one
1: I was most excited about. Also, I think I just made a reference that I thought everybody would get, but I don't think most people know Thomas Robinson played for the Blazers. I had
0: I thought he was the Kings.
1: so Well, that's... he got drafted by the Kings, but then he ended up on the Blazers. I don't know why I was. Can you imagine well, also being the Kings, picking Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic? I'm sorry that's completely off topic, but damn.
0: Well, before we transition to football, it's also Remember, they picked Johnny Flynn
1: over Steph Curry. That was the Timberwolves. Shit. That was the Timberwolves right after they picked Wes Johnson over DeMarcus Cousins.
0: And Ricky Rubio
1: over Curry, I think. Well, Ricky Rubio was a fine pick because he was supposed to be really good. And he probably would have been better if he didn't tear his ACL. That's my story. Oh, look at Uh, you, Jack.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Now that we talked about our classic Token mediocre players from the early 2010 NBA's. Um, we can just do football.
2: Have fun. We want to talk about Br- Byron Leftwich. It, wait, is CU a basketball school? Can we debate that? Yes. Well, no I mean, no they debate. haven't had much football in a while. It's I, there's probably some fans that will get upset about this, but well, I mean,
0: Ralphie Report has been a hard taboil um, hardliner for years it is that is our brand so no no debate so,
2: so the fire tad boyle crowd just doesn't listen to this podcast ever i hope they don't we don't need i don't think don't anybody listens
1: to our podcast
2: i uh yeah i they are completely out of my bubble any anyway, fire tad boyle i probably have them muted or blocked on
0: Twitter. i uh i spent a very long time ta- arguing with my friend actually this last weekend chase i'm glad you brought this up about about tad boyle because i we were talking about Quincy Allen, and he said, "I just hope that you know he doesn't he doesn't um, waste his potential with his coaching." And I said, "What does that mean?" And he said, "Well, you know, Ted Boyle's a bad coach. He just gets good guys in."
2: And uh, one of my friends, and um, and he took a big deep breath and went on a thirty-minute spiel.
0: I, uh, I know well, which
2: friend this is. I've met this friend. Maybe, yeah.
0: Yeah, so anyways, we uh, I, I looked through the last 10 years of Pac-12 recruiting and the last 10 years of Pac-12 conference results. And I, this will probably eventually become a writing piece, so that way I don't get yelled at again. But Tap Oil, on average, recruits at like 7th or 8th in conference is what I, is what I found over 10 years. That's about what he's averaging. And that's a little generous um, because Keyshawn Bartholomew didn't count and there's a few other transfers that didn't count. But 7th or 8th in conference is where he's recruiting which I think is historical for CU, but obviously not upper half of the Pac-12. Um, his average finish. really
2: bad years.
0: Yes, the Rodney Billups years especially. Um, I mean, there was a year that Josh Scott dragged a team to the tournament that had Thomas Akizili and Xavier Talton as the starting <laughs> point guards.
1: Um, I which, miss Thomas Akizili.
0: Okay. <laughs> he was fun for 10 minutes, I think. He was a good 10-minute <laughs> player.
2: I, I miss I Lazar like, Nikolich. I like tax reaction
0: to that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I do I do not. Um, I guess he was a way that – anyways, um, yeah. So not great recruiting, but better than CU is really done in a conference peer standpoint. However, he finishes on average around fifth, 5.5, sixth in conference every year. So for the last 10 years, that, that's what we've seen. And that does not include postseason wins like the conference attorneys, which he's one of the best – um, in the country at winning at conference tournaments. So he's recruiting at the best level C he's ever seen, which still isn't the other peer institutions. And he's also finishing better than he recruits on paper. Um, and I don't know how to take that other than he's a really good coach.
2: Yeah. And the uh, <laughs> the amount of profit that the basketball team brings in uh, is bottom half of the Pac-12 as well. And so well, you combine all of those and you're like, okay, why is he <laughs> outperforming all of this stuff every year? And you guys keep on saying he's a bad coach.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I said, the last thing I said to him was, uh, I think see, you got really lucky that the best coach of all time happens to also be a lifer that wants to never leave. Because um, that means that we can pay him what we pay him and uh, not really have to worry too much. Good point. Anyways, um, let's transition to football. Uh, and looks, I mean, Colorado also had a pretty nice, busy week uh, on the football recruiting trail. But from none of the, like actual... None of the stopping grounds that I expect that CU is active in, which is another weird um, coincidence of this, you know, virtual recruiting season, I guess, is that, you know, geographic closeness probably doesn't matter as much when you're on Zoom.
2: Yeah, it, it's really weird. Arkansas, Nevada, Florida, uh, what, what are the – there's a couple others. Well, uh,
0: I guess we can we can go through these real quick. Justin Oliver, I guess, is, is a Colorado native, but he was in Iowa, I believe, at the time for Fort Scott Community College. Um, and the latest one, uh, the North Carolina oh, – no. yeah, Tyron, Tyron Taylor? Tryon? Tyron, I think. Tyron. Tyron. Yeah. Uh, he is from, yeah, a pretty nice suburb outside of, I believe, Charlotte, North Carolina, um, which I don't know if CU's ever got a player from out there.
2: The, the last I look, I remember I looked it up when he committed. They had a, a couple, um, class of 2009, maybe something along those lines.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, same high school as Luke May. Fun fact.
2: Oh, wow. I didn't um, know.
0: That yeah, but that, that's who came on this week. It, it was after like months of silence. It, seemed, it felt like your uh, Football just threw them all out at once. Um, so I think the first one to commit was Tyron Taylor. Is that right? Tristan uh, Oliver
2: Oliver, Justin Oliver early in the week, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he uh, might be a name that's familiar to some CU fans who follow very closely. He signed to Mel Tucker, I believe, in, in 2019. Um, and then due to, I think, was it academics or transcripts didn't transfer the way he wanted to, um, he left and went to a junior college for a year.
2: Right. He, um, he actually had pretty good grades his last couple of years, but he came from – the Compton area in California and then moved in with, I believe his aunt and uncle mm-hmm. uh, in Colorado. And that's where he went to legend and he kind of cleaned up a lot of his academics, but I think he just didn't quite qualify um, for NCAA. Uh,
0: and from all intents and purposes, it sounds like also at, at junior college, his grades are, you know, more than adequate um, exceptional. And he was I think in contact with Mel Tucker and then obviously some things happened. And for some reason he fell out of contact with CU. And then um, I think Demetrius Martin reached back out was used. I think he's the first one to reach back out. And I, I am very glad to have him aboard because that safety depth chart needs people.
2: Right. So Mel and his staff, they actually sent him to a community college in Mississippi. I don't remember the right one, but I don't think things worked out there. He didn't like it for whatever reason and went to Iowa Mm. um and so once he went to Iowa I think Mel kind of gave up on him and was like he's not following the path that we gave him um so that's why the contact just stopped with them but uh, clearly the new staff likes him and I think that's pretty big for what he's doing academically because Carl Durrell um really cares about how good these kids grades are that he is recruiting I don't think coach Tucker cared as much
0: yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that each each approach is right or wrong. I think that Darrell is absolutely going to care about integrity first, and he has for a long part of his career. So it makes sense that he continues the same. Now, um, I don't know. I think Justin Oliver is. I don't, I don't ever consider him a risk or anything. I think he's a really fun athlete, and I, I think he it sounds like he grew a little bit as well, or was still growing, um, and he might be a good fit for Star.
2: The ru- yeah, the rumors are he's up to 220. Uh, God that, damn. That would be giant. A 6'3 220 or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, big, that's like Taylor. that's a Cam
0: Chancellor safety if he if he stays up at safety.
2: Yeah, r- right, though I think you nailed it on the head. I think he's more of a fit for star. Um especially with like Demetrius Martin recruiting him. I think they think that he can cover a little bit um, but he's a guy that that you probably want in the box at that size.
0: Yeah, and Josh Allen or Josh Allen uh entering it's entering the transfer Josh portal. Allen. So, uh, well, we never have to deal with that mistake again because he is wow. he's out of CU. Um, I believe Dylan Thomas is also not on the roster anymore. So, oh really? Uh, yeah, there's some depth there that needs that needs filling, and I think Justin Oliver has a chance to play pretty early um, if he is as physically ready as he looks.
2: Poor Dylan Thomas. He was a four-star recruit on Rivals, um, but he could never. He wasn't going to crack that wide receiver group. I think he he showed some promise as a defensive back, but there's just too many guys to beat out there, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the nice thing about Chivarini is you could have guys like Braden Huffman-Dixon and Dylan Thomas leave, and you could be like, well, it's because these four-stars aren't going to play in time in the, in the manner that they want. So, yeah, I mean, that's words, been a
1: nice. Where'd Brayden Huffman-Dixon end up?
2: Yeah, another reason why Sam doesn't follow recruiting. Basically, the two four-star receivers didn't work out, but it seems like <laughs> the three stars always seem to work out with Coach. Young.
0: I don't know what that is. Yeah, there's there's something weird there too. I think they're both Southern California kids. Not that that makes. I don't think that's the reason why. But
1: anyway, the only reason why. I
2: I was kind of making this point on our own podcast talking about... Give um, us the some, name, plug the name. There some uh, CU Buffs Country Podcast. Thank you, wow. Adam, and <laughs> you're going to let me plug it? Are you guys sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, But yeah, I, I was making this point because people, um, some CU Buffs fans like to talk about recruiting specific areas and how that can help you and obviously staying in California and Texas. And when you recruit outside of your pipeline, that uh, it's hard to keep guys to stay because it's so far away from Colorado when you're recruiting kids from like Arkansas and North Carolina um, where they might want to transfer out easier um, just because they might not know many people. They don't come in with anybody. And then obviously you're far away from home. I don't know. I kind of disagree with a lot of that just because of the day and age that we live in, um, especially recruiting, because it's so much like digital media based. It doesn't really matter if you're recruiting specific areas because word's going to spread. Um, nationally if you're recruiting well it doesn't matter where you are recruiting um, and my other point was they have recruited a lot of guys out of SoCal that haven't worked out especially from big time schools that you do want to recruit like Matterday where Braden Huffman-Dixon came from or St. John Bosco where Jacob Collier came from um, those are big schools that you do want to recruit and then it doesn't work out.
0: Uh, this is actually I wanted I want to talk to you about. This is uh, almost exactly what I wanted to talk about because I'm worried a little bit. I've mentioned this before. I feel like this staff on paper should be recruiting Southern California better than the previous few staff iterations we've seen at CU because Darrell has obviously extensive connections in UCLA, uh, from UCLA days. Taylor Embry as well has some, pretty cal- has some pretty big California connections, I think. And you know Demetrius Martin is one of the most well-renowned. California recruiters in the country, um, I, I think also, you know, Michael Lowski is doing fine down there, and obviously Shiverini should be um, getting into the right schools and the right doors, but for some
2: reason, I don't think there's traction that Darian I was Hagen, expecting down there. a pretty big name in, in the SoCal area.
0: Yeah, and Darian Hagan for a while, and for good or bad, I think just focuses on his big his big running backs and, and I think gets them for the most part, but um, I, he definitely had more potential to do more. And it looks like to me, I'm just wondering why that isn't happening. In this class with all that SoCal firepower.
2: It, it's a really good question. It might have something to do with um, these guys not being able to go out on the road and get into those high schools that they're used to going to and, and making connections there. Um, but yeah, that does seem to be a pretty big worry. Um, I mean, like they have they have the ability to be able to recruit there. You just named all the reasons right there. Um, so it's definitely weird, and, and they're getting dominated in Southern California, but they're able to find talent elsewhere. I, I don't even know if there's a guy I have that I really think is like going to commit to CU from the Southern California area. There's a few um, in Northern California. But yeah, it, it's a really weird cycle, and I'm not really sure what, what the explanation is there.
0: Demetrius Martin has mentioned before, I think, um, I think this was on 247 that he likes to get in person visits out to the Inland Empire, which is like his his bread and butter. And it, it sounds like the lack of that has allowed him or hampered him um, to go national and not necessarily focus on his deep connections. Um, and maybe when that people are allowed to travel more or when the when California is not the hotspot of the world he can jump out there and some work some of those. I know he's gotten us on some, on some pretty impressive final six or final five lists, but that that you know that does not help your team if they don't sign.
2: Right, none of them worked out. There, there were a couple. Um, Devin Kirkwood's one of them that ended up going to UCLA. There were a couple from the, that Southern California area that did put CU in their top schools because of Demetrius Martin. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're going to land it land any of them um there are a couple at his alma mater john moore john moore i don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> um in pasadena he would he was in on both of them and they both ended up committing elsewhere so i i don't know exactly what's going on there because i don't know enough about demetrius martin but he's supposed to be a guy um that's supposed to be able to pull out big-time talent out of southern california and and he hasn't been able to and i i we've you-
0: Mentioned it, too. I think Darian Hagan, I would wish, is always more active there because his name will always carry weight um, in SoCal and Colorado. Um, Chivarini, obviously, connections, but he has a lot on his plate. And yeah, I, I guess hopefully we do see it bear out as the staff builds connections. And it looks like Taylor Embry is a pretty dogged recruiter. So um, I think he'll do just fine out there, too. But it's been interesting that they rely on these connections. And it's not like Tyus Martin or Tyron Taylor, which we can talk about real quick, is are bad players. They just aren't um, – I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to see that – I think C could get similar players from Southern California, but instead they, they get out of their footprint successfully, but they still got out of their footprint to get those players.
2: Right, and and you don't know how that's going to work out down the line. I The other thing maybe about Southern California, why it's become more difficult to recruit out of, is everybody is recruiting that area. It's not just Pac-12 schools. It's schools all across the country, and it seems like – LSU has found some more success going into Southern California. Ohio State seems to be getting a bunch of commits out of that area. So the big-time schools are going in there um, and getting guys, and and maybe it's just become a a more difficult ground to be able to –
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the way that that works is it used to be, I think that CU would get uh, people that didn't go to USC or Stanford and that that was the trickle down effect. And then, you know, UCLA and CU would battle for those kids. It's in the, or in, you know, before McCartney really had it rolling and then they could just take who they wanted. And now I think the trickle down is like, it's like you said, LSU, Ohio State, national brands, and USC is having a giant resurgence because of Dante Williams and some other crazy stuff. So they're also just getting who they want now as well. And, um i think it's,
2: arizona state has become a huge name in that area uh, antonio, antonio pierce,
1: pierce. big Same reason time.
2: yeah
1: who even are these people <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh
0: so i don't know sam i don't know how to explain this to you but dante williams is i guess the best southern california recruiter in the country um and he's where, bounced around does, from nebraska to oregon and
1: out of usc great
0: uh, oh, Antonio Pierce is the Arizona State defensive coordinator now. Was that the heard old?
1: Edwards. Was he the Giants linebacker? Yep. yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, I have his card. <laughs> Jack,
2: Jack, another name that Sam's not going to know. Uh, T Martin. He's. Yep.
1: I know T Martin. Very good. Oh, see this? <laughs> That's because Jack was talking to me about candidates that he wants at SCU. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, he's at Tennessee right now, and I think they're recruiting that area as well. Um, but he's a big. Why not
1: Tennessee like, Martin? T uh, Martin, no? Uh, I,
2: no,
0: <laughs> I don't think so, yeah. I mean, he won a national championship for them, Sam. Fun fact. That's cool. Uh, the guy who replaced Peyton Manning. Anyways, um, yeah, T. Martin, uh, there are people who are now opposing Southern California. So I think they saw USC as a little weak, and they saw the Pac-12 in general as a little weak, and they're coming in pretty hard. And I think that also stops CU from coming in pretty hard. It was nice under Tucker and Chiverini because they pivoted to Texas, but now in Texas as well, there's some traction. But I think Chiverini's step back has hurt them there, too. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a it's a weird class. It's not like Tyron Taylor or Tyus Martin are bad players. Um, Tyron Taylor, cornerback out of North Carolina, that we mentioned, um, and it sounds like he's long and lanky, too. It's just yeah. it's interesting. We went out there to get a cornerback like Tyron Taylor. I
2: I like Tyus Martin a lot. Um. I think he's going to be a very good player. He's going to play the zero or one technique, but he can just move people, and that's what you want at that position. Giant human being. I think he's right now 6'3", 320. Yep, uh, and that's a Chris
0: Wilson connection, right?
2: Right, yeah. Chris Wilson's cousin is his trainer in Arkansas. So, uh,
0: Sam, Chris Wilson is his, uh, his coach on staff.
1: See you. <laughs> Chris Wilson? I know Chris Wilson.
0: There you go. Sam,
1: I I am the normal audience that you're broadcasting to. I follow this team so closely. I don't know these names, so keep that in mind as you're doing this for our, our listeners.
2: Yeah, I know. We always got to we we have to double check. I think sometimes you get too far into the weeds, and then and then you lose listeners because they don't. Especially
1: because like you you two are very into this. Obviously, I, cases I think it's interesting. I don't know. Out. No, no, no. I'm just. I'm just asserting what I'm what I'm here for
0: yeah and it was really fun last year when CU actually had some like they were recruiting with big boys and had nice battles and um I don't know Eric Olson was a pretty nice battle this class as well it's just it's been I wonder how if that Southern California connection is going to eventually be tapped in, in a in a better way than it is right now because that's how CU can pretty easily start rising up the ranks the patrol so
2: yeah you, you just gotta hope that it's because they haven't been able to get out there but I really don't have a, a major explanation for that other than there's just so much competition in that area right now
0: yeah and you know the classic get him out to Boulder thing can't work right now um, virtual tools, tours can only do so much and... come on
2: all you have to do is get him to Boulder and they're, they'll commit
0: <laughs> yeah look how well that's proven out for the past 10 years for sure <laughs> oh man I, I just think it,
2: it hurts them a little bit, though, not being able to bring any guys for visits. How often are there guys? It seems like whenever guys visit that weekend, there's always, especially if it's a big visit weekend, um, it always seems like they get one or two commits after that. Um, so I think there is something to be said for that. Obviously, it's funny to joke about, but it does help to bring, bring guys to Boulder.
0: Yeah, I think Boulder's magical, and I hope other people think that when they look at it. But I also think that winning is super magical. The college football players, right, right. so I think they care about that a little more. I don't know. It was, it's been an interesting week. Trust Oliver, obviously a pretty good player. Tyron Taylor, we talked about another pretty good player coming in, and Tyus Martin, I think, is probably the best gem of the bunch. He was. It was Tennessee and us. I think at the end, by us, I mean CU, um, and maybe a few other schools. But that's pretty good company to, to get a big-bodied guy. Um, in the middle of the defense, which you need.
2: I don't know. The Virginia tech for a few months, I think he committed in March or April and then decommitted in June. Uh, I I had heard from our Virginia tech guy at SI that it was just because they had a bunch of guys kind of committed from that area, especially Texas um, and in the South. And they all ended up decommitting uh, from Virginia tech. So he was kind of just like the one that was left in that bunch. So he decommitted as well.
0: Yeah, Virginia Tech's had a lot of uh, attrition, and I don't know why. I I I can't figure that out either.
2: Yeah, that's our topic. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big national, a national topic. But I did talk a little bit about to the Virginia Tech guy, just trying to figure out why he decommitted. Because that's always something that you want to know to make sure that um, these guys will stay stay with their commitment.
0: Right. Uh, well, before we let you go, who is the one guy that CU fans should look at to see is the next CU commit? Who's the one recruit to watch for?
2: Uh, I I was asked this question in my mailbag, so I'll, I'll give that answer. It's kind of basic, though. I think it's going to be Al Ashford, and I'm I act, I'm actually going to post a story about him tomorrow because I'm doing Cherry Creek Week, so I'm posting about all of the uh, Cherry Creek targets. For CU, I did Chase Penry today, Al Ashford tomorrow. It'll be Arden Walker on Thursday. And then i wrap it all up with the uh, interview with Dave Logan that I will post on Friday. Nice. But uh, I, I think Al Ashford, he has a really good relationship with Coach Martin. CU was his first Power 5 offer, but or second Power 5 offer. I think he already had Kansas. Um, but now he has Kansas, Kansas State. Is Washington. Kansas
1: a Power 5 team?
2: It that's uh, I, that that's something we can also debate. <laughs> Washington State, Oregon State, I think are his power five options right now. Oh,
1: these are these are power five.
0: It's a pretty good five. glass house you got over there, Sam. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, I, it's like why? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what We're I think. Basketball people, school, Whenever people care. I, Whenever people say like Kansas and Washington State aren't real power five offers, I'm like, okay, what w- what does that mean? Well, Washington
1: State for sure is, but we're, we're, whatever.
2: Oregon State, it's another yeah. questionable one. Our,
1: hey, 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 back off, back off, Oregon State. But like, like Jack said, it, it's a
2: glass house thing, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Five uh, and seven, three man. years in a row. That that's Power Five. That's fine.
0: That's progress, baby.
1: <laughs> that's progress. Yeah. It's better than going uh, two and ten four years straight.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, obviously, bowl game. <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll get we'll get one eventually I don't
0: al ashford know. okay i would i'm hoping at some point that cu recruits a quarterback they're pretty important effort.
2: yeah i just don't have a good feeling about really any of the targets right now um i i put this kind of in my mailbag so i'll give it to you guys right now uh drew carter i think would would should have already committed if he was really into colorado he doesn't have many other um, big time offers and they've been building that relationship for a while so i've kind of like i don't know why he hasn't committed yet he's clearly not that interested in, and i think he does want to play basketball it seems like he's a pretty big basketball guy so that one is weird and then cameron friel is the unlv commit that they're still recruiting pretty hard and unlv has a pretty good recruiting class he's probably got an opportunity to play pretty early there whereas at colorado um if they, if these guys go and read anything, they know that a lot of people are thinking the true freshman's going to start here. So um, there's not that much early playing time opportunity. Maddox cop, I think is the interesting one here. Cause he has a huge upside. He needs a lot of work. Um, he's another basketball player. He was a pretty good basketball player that has now recently shifted his full focus to football. I uh, got the invite to elite 11. He was one of the 22 quarterbacks that were invited to that. So um, there were some people that think he's the top 22 quarterback in the country but he didn't is have there, the offer list as the others. Is yeah, there any
1: chance that uh, Ted Boyle convinces Jason Harris to switch to basketball?
2: <laughs> I I don't think Jason Harris loves basketball that much. I think he was a good basketball player, but he's not like some of these other guys that are really into it. Um, and he had probably a better chance with, like, Keith Miller. I think he loves basketball. Uh, Vontae Chenault was another guy that really loved basketball that probably if he had more offers, he would have – Gone that route.
1: Oh, do we have any news on Vontational?
2: Uh, court case is what? No, first week of November, October? What?
0: Uh, I do, yeah, I do not know. I, I have no idea, but I don't think there's much. Well, news.
1: As, as long as he hasn't been suspended, that's
2: fine. Did you guys talk about that on the podcast?
1: Uh, uh so- we did briefly,
2: yeah, time. it's just. I, I don't understand what goes through your mind on the night of July 4th doing something like that. Because he was, was arrested early July 5th morning, right? Or 12:30 a.m. It's well, like I, he, I guess that, now it makes that, sense
0: why he's up in Fort Collins because they have no—I don't think they have a fireworks um, municipal order.
1: So
2: now I understand why he was up. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I that was the most confusing part for me.
2: <laughs> I just yeah. figured it, it was probably some girls. But. Also makes sense. That was just an assumption on my part. I,
1: yeah.
0: Sam, my question is: Why would you want to weigh down this tab, this basketball recruiting class with guys like Jason Harris and Fonte
1: Well, it was. We're a shooting joke. for the stars. It was. It was
0: a joke. Well, I'm uh, sure. i all I'm saying is we're getting five stars all the way through, baby.
1: The, well, if Tad Boyle can say that he gets guys to the NFL too, <laughs> what what does that do for a recruiting?
0: That's true. Look at Scott Drew. And Baylor, he just got two five-stars this week because of Rico Gathers in the NFL tight ends. Oh, my
1: God, yes. I love Rico Gathers.
2: No
0: way. Is, is that true, Jack? No, oh, he didn't get it because of Rico Gathers, but he did get two five-stars this week. Um, and I can't think of the reason why. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. But I love college basketball so much.
0: Well, Chase, I think I has everything for me. Sam, are you done?
1: I, I Yeah, I've been done.
0: <laughs> Sam Sam just hates her. Kids. <laughs> well, I've had fun. I hope people listening to it have fun. Chase, have you had fun? I, I had a great
2: time, guys. Thanks I've for me fun. on. I'm just playing around. Uh, well, <laughs> get back to his uh, civilization. Yep. Oh, I've been playing this whole time. Give I, us I, an update
0: before we leave. We have a quick update. This is the ending of the podcast. This is the end of the podcast, Sam. No problem. Okay,
1: so before we recorded, I was about to settle a city. The Celts settled Dublin right where I was going to set it. I took over that city and built my own city on the ruins.
0: There you go. Awesome.
1: We rise from the ashes like a, a phoenix. City.
0: What? We rise from the ashes like a phoenix,
1: Sam. Thank no you. Babylon was broken. Yes, Babylon right. was not built in one day. Okay.
0: Goodbye.
2: Boss. <laughs> Boss. Buffs! Buffs!